listening to the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Great to be back. Coming at you with Crossum Wrestling Entertainment. Missed you last week, but as I put in the comments, Dylan and Justin and Tyler obviously held things down. A great show last week. I enjoyed just being a fan for a little bit. Yeah, you got to sit back and watch for once. It was good. It was good. Tyler, everyone, is coming off of a 24-hour Twitch stream. Uh, yes, he literally sir. was up for a, a long, long time. I think he took maybe a two or three-hour break in the mm-hmm. middle there because he was literally dying in his chair. I was passing out in my chair. So I was like, you know what? 21 hours is good. Yes. And <laughs> um, I was a part of it for maybe three hours, and I was exhausted after that. Uh, yeah. And that was and that was yesterday morning, and I was done. Yeah. Um, so kudos 6 to Tyler. PM to 6 p.m. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dylan, for the welcome back. It's good to see you, sir. Uh, oh my yes, gosh, popping off right away. Say, if you're here, join us in the comments. Hello, good to Faithful. see you. Uh, Hello, welcome back. Faithful was actually one of the people who joined in uh, the 24-hour stream, one of my new followers. Uh, so we got a 17-follower boost on our Twitch Eesh. because of that 24-hour stream. So 17 new people on the uh, T-Bard 5195 channel. Uh, we are very happy to have you all on board. And uh, now if you subscribe with us, you get to use some of these lovely little emotes that were made by Rachel and Drew. So thank you all for being here. Absolutely. It's always fun. And that just means how uh, you have to be like Mr. Krabs from that episode uh, where they were open 24 hours and then 26 hours. And then oh, like, I just have to 20, stay open forever going so that and way you keep day. getting followers. And the next day. Yes, precisely. Next day. And the next day. Thank you very much for the congratulations. We are happy to have you be part of our community. Yes, for sure. So with that being said, let's get into the action. That's why we're here. Back into the swing of things to talk about the latest happenings on AEW Dynamite. The evening opened up with a great tag team match between SCU and the Young Bucks taking on TH2 and the Acclaimed. Uh, in previous episodes, Tyler has heard me and, and anyone else who has listened has heard me say how I'm not a fan of the Acclaimed's rapping and that Kazarian had a better rap Um than the acclaimed had a few weeks ago and it's not even his gimmick however i will give kudos to them the rap at the beginning was pretty good tyler i want to see your face for this if if you don't mind Um, hold on hold on hold on i gotta pull that picture off and here i am um i did you did you see this did you catch the beginning of this or just yeah oh yeah okay no i I thought the rap was pretty good my favorite line from it was when um Oh, the member from the Acclaim who does the rapping. I don't pay attention enough to, to, to them, at least to now. I'm sorry. Uh, he said, calling us John Cena is petty. If we're John Cena, you're the Janettis, referring to the Young Bucks. Damn! Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And then, and then well he, tried. he even trashed Snoop Dogg because uh, Snoop Dogg was there that night, which we'll get to that segment later with Snoop Dogg. Um, I just thought they nailed it. I think they need to stick to – that as to where like direct attacks as heels to me and 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 just yeah. trashing people that don't like you don't even have a, a um a reason to trash like the fact that they trash Snoop Dogg to me right. that was just like genius like they should just pick yep. someone every night that has nothing yep. to do with the match and just because they're heels like you know what I mean? like that I love that I thought Sweet that was great. Shivani, please yeah it just go just that's it just go for someone just yep. do it and, and make it someone that we love like go out there to fight like the young bucks and make fun of Marco stun or something. Like, I don't know. Right. Like just do something. Billy uh, Gunn, someone at ringside, literally just stir the pot, just stir the pot. I think I thought that was I, great. I love it. Yes. So anyway, chaos ensued quickly as every man uh, was in the ring from the very beginning, going at it. Kazarian went off with a great combination of rights, lefts, and then a big clothesline. 
The Bucks followed suit with a number of tag team maneuvers. Uh, the heels quickly took control, however, to slow the pace of the match down. The heels would cut the ring in half and tee off on Christopher Daniels for a bit. And Helico and Daniels, um, I'm sorry, and Helico put Daniels in a submission maneuver, uh, and the other three of his heel teammates would surround him to ensure the move wouldn't be broken up. I thought that was very cool thing to see uh they, they were working together and they were trying to cut the ring in half in the sense of keeping daniels um you know in their in their grips daniels would surge with a, a blue thunder bomb and take a hot and then make a hot tag to frankie kazarian kazarian would clean out th2 uh half of th2 would hit a standing sky twister which was absolutely ridiculous on kazarian after reigning control for a two count Matt would take the second hot tag of the night. Uh, he would clean house, taking out every member of his heel foes. The face team would tee off on Davis of the acclaim with a buckle bomb slash kick to the back combo, followed by a DDT, but would only get a two count. That right there was a spot where I thought the match was over, to be honest. Uh, mm -hmm. Kazarian, which makes it a good match, as we say. What makes a good match, Tyler? When you believe it's over more than once. Absolutely. Um Kazarian and Matt would hit a BTE trigger on Davis, but TH2 made the save. Another spot where I was like, oh my gosh, they did it. It's over. This was crazy. Nope. They would take out Nick Jackson and then go for a 630 senton, but Nick would get his knees up. Looked very painful. Uh, Nick would tag in Matt, and they would take uh, the head off of each member of the heel team with a super kick party. The super match kick party! Thank you. You're welcome. The match would end when Daniels and Matt Jackson would team up for a melter driver slash best moonsault ever with Christopher Daniels added jumping in there for the three count. And I put a note here, personal note, really enjoyed this one. Yeah. Um, I, I praised the match pretty much as I was talking about it. So, Tyler, what do you think? I mean, what? how many times, Noah, are we going to say AEW just understands tag team wrestling? They get it. And you know mm -hmm. why? Because their division is run by two guys who are potentially the best tag team wrestlers the world has ever seen, the Young Bucks. They know who's going to put on a good match against each other, who's not, where the chemistry is going to be. Every time there's a tag match, almost every time there's a tag match, it is a four, at, uh, three and a half or better match. They always put on an incredible job. And uh, just specifically this match, no one looked bad. Everyone put on mm -hmm. an incredible performance. And of course, the Young Bucks had to uh, pull off a, a win here. I don't oh, yeah. think that we're, we're going to see them lose many matches for the next few months, especially now. Uh, but we'll get to that reasoning later mm -hmm. on in our show today. Uh, yes. But yeah, this is this was easily a four-star match. For sure. A great way to open the show. It's going to be an event at a pay-per-view. Oh, yes. It sucked me into it. And I, and I have my overall rating for the show. Uh, you'll see that later. But this match definitely helped it because... I, I really enjoyed be on a show. similar note. Yeah, I really enjoyed this show. Uh, next up was the match that I feel had to be on a card that was going to be this good. Um, I didn't love it, but we'll see. Dylan, yes, you called it. Good call there, my friend. Uh, Tyler, want to take us away for this bout of the beast? Yeah, sure. Two two of the guys that I actually kind of enjoy watching. I I am a big guy fan. I like the the bigger guys who can go, and we've seen what Wardlow is capable of. So yeah, I would definitely like to take care of this one. It was Jake Hager versus Wardlow. Both men locked in with a collar and elbow tie up, punching each other around the ring. Both men would uh, one up each other, both going for a waist takedown, which led to a slow start. Which Noah, I'm not surprised. 
I kind of expected a slow start out of these guys, a power of strength. You know, one puts the hand up, they meet the hand and they are, they're basically just trying to prove who's the bigger man of the inner circle. Mm -hmm. Um, Hager would get Wardlow into the corner and go for body shots. Wardlow would do the same, but just after that, both men would shoulder check each other to no avail. Back from the commercial break, Wardlow would allow his athleticism to show, leapfrogging Hager into the corner and hitting him with a quick spear. Hager would regain control and clothesline Wardlow into the corner. Wardlow, however, would attempt to reverse a Hager bomb, but Hager would catch the leg of Wardlow and attempt an ankle lock. Uh, when he it's every time he attempts that ankle lock, it just brings me back to like 2010. And all mm-hmm. here is check one, two. Oh, yeah. And he's back <laughs> doing like his old entrance. Uh, and yeah. I, I just I love his ankle lock. He there's few who can put it up at the caliber of Kurt Angle. He's one of them. Mm-hmm. His ankle lock mm-hmm. always looks super incredible. Um, Wardlow escapes it, though. It would hit two suplexes for a two count. Wardlow would then hit a big senton atomico, but Hager would mm-hmm. roll through the pinning predicament and look in lock in for a triangle. Wardlow escaped and hit an F10, which looked more like an F frickin' 20 for the mm-hmm. pin. Um, that was probably the most emphatic F10 that he has ever hit on anybody. And well, I think that pr- shows a lot about his uh, power and just yeah. the storyline that they can create together between these two men. Um, very excited. This is not over. And when the when this falls apart, when this inner circle grouping falls apart, these two are going to have an incredible match. And I cannot wait. But overall, uh, beginning of this match was kind of slow. I did thoroughly enjoy seeing these two behemoths go at each other. Um, but I'm more interested in your opinion on it, Noah, because I know you're not usually a big guy fan. Yes. Um, it was okay. Like, I, 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 it definitely picked up. I put the note here that it was slow to start because in the beginning of it, I was like, oh, here we go. Like, they're going to both hit each other and nothing's going to happen. Oh, sure enough, they hit each other. Nothing happened. Oh, now they're uh, shoulder checking each other and nothing's happening. Oh, now they're both going to go for a double waist right. takedown and they right. can't. Like, just back and forth. And that, like, that to me, the only the only time I thought something like that was really cool was when John Cena and The Rock did it at WrestleMania 29. Like when they were yeah, just right. so evenly matched, they were put, I'm sorry, 28. They were pushing each other and all that kind of stuff. And they were following up each other with the same moves. However, they did pick it up. That spot yeah. where Wardlow, where we said Wardlow uh, showed her the athleticism. He did the leapfrog and they did the spear. That was sick because Wardlow's a big dude and he was chugging across that ring. Like, oh, yeah. Um, I was actually. kind of reminds me of a Ryback where he can just still do these yeah. high, pace, high pace moves. Definitely. Um, it's very exciting to see a big guy like that moving like him. And I was surprised to see Wardlow win. I told you it was going to happen. I, I was I was shocked um, when he got him up for the F10 and he hit it. I was like, yeah. "Wow, is someone going to kick out of that his move?" Yeah. No. Uh, and he pinned Hager clean, no problem. Um, so that was cool. I'm interested to see where they go with that and what this means. We obviously saw later on backstage MJF kind of talking Hager off the cliff because Hager was mad that he lost. Uh, so we'll see what that means for the inner circle. Yeah, right. and we just want to say a quick thank you. Uh, Streamlabs lets us know if you follow us on Twitch during the stream. So thank you for the follow, XQC Dog Food, for the follow on Twitch. Appreciate you being here with us, buddy. Yes, and hi, hello, Courtney. Courtney. <laughs> uh, Courtney, thank you for the advice on which bath bombs to purchase. As uh, Tyler knows, <laughs> I'm a fan of I'm a fan of bath. Baths are really relaxing. Um, so if you oh, haven't taken one, I'm gonna let you life, say that with your face on camera. Go ahead. Matt, Listen, baths are really relaxing, and I I didn't know uh, where to get these bath bombs. I guess the people call them, because um, uh, just sitting in a in a tub of water is just odd. So you have to have some entertainment, I guess. So I, I and I'll say this: the conversation I had with Courtney was, 
Well, I asked, I asked a general audience and Courtney responded where to get them. And then I said, now, do I have to take a video of me putting it in the water? Or it won't work otherwise. Right. And, well, she said, yes, because if you don't, you never used it. <laughs> <What's her answer? laughs> yeah, it, um, it doesn't work otherwise. So. Yes. And Courtney is correct. I did refer to them as bath grenades and she had to educate <laughs> me on their on their names. Um, so uh, there you go, folks. If, if you, you have are, problem, your students are going to see this one day <laughs> and roast the hell out of you. I hope you know if um. If anybody knows uh, a good variety of bath bomb and want to send it to us, please go ahead and do that. Um, yeah, I'll ask my mom for you. Great. Um, so this next part here, the weigh-in, uh, I was kind of confused. As you see by the graphic on your screen, I don't know if anyone else had this. Tyler agreed with me uh, before we came on the air. We were just talking for a couple minutes. Um, and it's, you know, this is what they showed for the graphic for the weigh-in. It said Darby Allen versus Brian Cage. And I, I was like, oh, they're fighting tonight. I didn't know what was going to happen tonight. And then come to find out they're not. This is just for the weigh-in, but they just showed this graphic. So I was a little confused, but whatever. Um, yes, Mr. Cross like bath bath explosions. Ha 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 ha. Courtney, you can send that link privately to us in the in Twitch uh, chat. It will let you send links. So uh, if that was for bath bombs, please send it directly to Noah. Yes. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Cage uh, would come in. They would obviously do a weigh-in right now. This is obviously extremely gimmicky because I don't know if anyone can tell just by looking at the picture right. of who's going to weigh more, right? So this is obviously just to prove how much bigger Cage is than Darby Allen because wrestling. Um, so Cage weighed in at 272 pounds. That's a big man. And that's all muscle, too, as Taz would say. All muscle, baby. All muscle. Uh, Darby weighed in at 170 pounds. Still all muscle. Um, at 100-pound difference... Uh, and I put here as a personal note, it's pretty even fight, to be honest. I mean, yeah. you know, it's nothing. There's um, nothing here. No reach or get yes. size disadvantage. We're fine. Tony Schiavone would grab the microphone. He was hosting the uh, the weigh-in, uh, and he would start talking about how much of a big difference it is. And then Taz would start going off and saying how Darby's small and whatever else. And he was like, of course, it's a 100-pound difference. Uh, that would lead Darby to grab the mic from Tony. And talked about how he's dealt with shit his whole life from people like you, referring to Taz. Darby picked up his skateboard, ready to take it to Team Taz. And Taz obviously now had Will Hobbs with him. He had Cage with him. He had uh, a few Sparks. others of his Sparks and a few others of his of his goons in Team Taz. Just before he would stick his boys on Darby, the lights would cut out and Sting would chase Team Taz off, as we've seen happen uh, in the past. And the note I put here is I imagine Sting helping Darby gain some type of edge in their match uh, coming up next week to help Darby get the win, setting up a right. future tag team match at some point uh, where Darby teams with Sting. I have a question. Does Sting smell really bad? What are they running from? <laughs> I, hate, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you are a team gonna... of heels. Kick his ass. Oh my god. If Sting gets other one up on him, great. But please someone attack him. Someone just uh, put your hands on Sting. He's uh, he's 60 years old. I, I, Touch I, think the thing, I think the biggest thing with Sting is the un like I think they're running from the unknowns. Like it's not like he's like an Abaddon character where you know like, she's gonna try and bite you and she's gonna you know, like you got to hit her. You can hit her with anything and she'll pop back up. Like, at least you kind of have an idea of what she's like. It's Sting is, not. I feel Sting is a, I feel Sting is a mysterious character in the sense that they're like, I don't know what he's going to do. Like, I don't right. know what he has in his coat. I don't know what he's capable of, you know? 
yeah, it, it makes sense in kayfabe. It does make sense yeah. in kayfabe. Exactly. Um, which, what's, the, what's the phrase, Tyler? I'm a magician. You you're, you do theater. Suspension. Oh, I know. Of suspension of disbelief. I get it. But how long has kayfabe not been believable in professional wrestling? Oh. If AEW wants to be the brand to bring kayfabe back and make me believe these things, great. But everyone should be in kayfabe, including you. Looking right at you. Including you, Jim Ross. Stop calling it gimmicks. This is their character. That is that is such bad commentary. When I, he says this this uh, zombie gimmick, how many times does he say it? Every single time Abaddon's on TV, I get it. It's not believable. You're old. You don't like it. Stop it. I, I hate. Oh, if you're gonna, if you want me to believe it, that if this is, I feel like this is a good uh, give and take, Noah. If you want me to believe that these massive men who are in their 20s and 30s are scared of sting then stop calling these other people gimmicks and please jim ross show a little less bias i would appreciate it thank you. i'm gonna attack him every week till he starts picking his game up because jim ross is driving me nuts on commentary i will I don't say know I do agree. what it is about him i do agree with calling them gimmicks because that just sort of that literally plays into the this wrestling not real like, right yeah the fakeness so that, that that i'll give you however i do agree with jim ross and abaddon thanks for that but anyway we can agree with it but if you are the on-air personality That's you true. should yes. not be putting it down you can say you don't like abaddon you're scared of abaddon it's a scary gimmick but don't uh, don't call it a gimmick don't call it a gimmick on live tv no that That's makes dumb. sense that makes sense you're no, not true. retired yet, Jim Ross, but you will be soon if you keep it up there, buddy. That is that is like that's kind of like um careful Ohio Justin Roberts to take your job. <laughs> oh god, no. No, 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 they won't. no, they won't. That's not gonna happen. Um that's that to me you, you are right though, because that's kind of like like me as a magician. That's like me going on stage and saying, All right, here's this trick. Here's how here's I'm gonna this, trick you into believing magic this, is real. Yeah, it's and then, right. and then I do something. And they're like, I mean, that was cool, but what the hell? Like, why did you say it that way? <laughs> that'll give you. All I'm right. gonna make I, you think that this isn't in my back pocket. Here we go. Yeah, that, that'll give you. <laughs> and and honestly, that's that's one of those things that the WWE does in in a sense with they're extremely careful with their phrasing of words. Like they yeah, never absolutely. say the crowd. It's always a WWE universe. They don't call it a belt. They call it a championship. Like. They're sticklers with those things. I, I could never imagine someone saying gimmick in, in WWE and using it to describe right. a character or a match because the, and they would because they would be in big, big trouble. Um, so yeah, and Dylan, Dylan agrees, and I agree too, Dylan. It, it does make sense that point there. So, all right, I feel like we beat that horse to death enough. So, that was the way in. Um, <laughs> and guys, ignore Nightbot, he's sending you stuff from the last stream. Ignore that Nightbot talking about the 24 hour stream. Get out of here, Nightbot. <laughs> um, Great. Uh, I enjoyed the segment. I thought it was a little hokey, like I said, with the weigh-in, because as Jericho would say, the first ever weigh-in in AEW, let's hope it's the last, to be honest, because it just didn't make sense. It doesn't matter. Right. It's wrestling. It's, it's, it's wrestling. Like, Once in a blue moon, it's fine for like big matches, but let's not make yeah. this a regular and thing. I, I'll say not even for big matches. Like If it's Cody versus John Moxley, they're not going to be that much different. Right, so, like, we who, know. Who cares? Like it's The point is, it's Darby versus, versus a man who's literally twice his size weight-wise. Um, so anyway, speaking you, of, by the way, want to take the next match and then I will take Hikaru and you can take the finale because I feel like that's the best order we should do this in. That's fine. All right. Perfect. That's worth perfect. So with that Let's being there, said, then. well, no, we were going to jump into a quick oh, ad break. Right. I had a segue. I have a segue. 
So right. obviously we're referring to Sting as being this mysterious figure, and you don't know what he's capable of, what he's going to do. Uh, some of you might not know what Clovercrest Media is capable of and what we have in our pockets in terms of entertainment to bring to you. Please enjoy this quick ad break. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yes. to the city. Keys to the city, baby. Well, you see us, so you know. I crossed up by Kobe. We'll float in Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on. Fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. When I was 12 years old, I became a Jack Nicholson superfan. This happened almost overnight on an evening in February 1997 when I first saw The Shining. Here's Johnny! In those 20 plus years, I never stopped being a Jack superfan. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Get ready for You Don't Know Jack, hosted by me. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Welcome to Ivy League Murders. On this podcast, we focus on cases affiliated with the Ivy League, exploring the darker side of higher education. What happens when genius becomes evil? My name is Sarah Alcorn. I'm a Harvard graduate, and I've been a private investigator since 1999. Join me and longtime crime diva, Laura McDonald, for Ivy League Murders. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're good, we're good. That could have been bad. (laughs) I love that ninja that's just, like, staring longingly into, like, oh, well. You mean the one I just murdered? Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) The ninja that was staring out into the horizon. Oh, would everyone just look at that ninja and each other? of mice and men moment where, like, you know, so, you know, on Twitch, we are also streaming games and podcasts and just chatting streams. So that was just a little taste of what you could see on the T-Bard 5195 channel. I just like to get a little murdery on the finals once in a while. I mean, what can I say? It makes for some good content. If you're good, you're good. That's it. And it just was uh, the, the title of that clip is timing is everything. Charlie <laughs> is talking about a uh, ninja who's looking off into the horizon and I brutally murder it. Uh, so, you know, sometimes you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Get out of my way. I need to win. Good morning, Papa Bard, to you as well. Always, always oh, great to see you. Always there he is, everybody. You. There he is, the Papa Bard in the chat. Favorite, I would like to say good morning. So uh, with that being said, let's hop back into the AEW action here on night number one of New Year's Smash, where we got to see Matt Seidel take on Cody Rhodes. Uh, every time I see Cody Rose entrance, as I as I put here in the script, I all I can literally think is he's so cool. Like Cody <laughs> is just so cool. I can't help it. Like look, Cody is is that guy for me now, or that wrestler. Period for me now. Like he he's filling the void that John Cena left in my heart because we don't see John Cena like regularly anymore. Literally, 
you know how big of a fan of John Cena I am. Oh, yeah, I you're just, a massive fan. Yes, that is a huge compliment to Cody. That every time I see Cody, I'm like, he is so cool. Uh, and his entrances, he just looks awesome. He's a polarizing figure. Uh, the only so, one who enters from the middle. No one else enters true. from the middle. Uh, obviously, he's the only one who enters from the middle, Tyler. Nobody else can, <laughs> nobody else can do that. Um, Kenny's going to start doing it. You watch. Better not. He can't handle it. That's why. No, That's he's going to come out of it. He comes out of it. Oh, oh well, actually, you know, we'll get to that in the main event. Never mind. So uh, Snoop Dogg and Cody would enter together with a uh, nice song that Snoop Dogg made for Cody. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yes, it was fun to see Snoop Dogg. Honestly, I would love to see him. If he was there every week, I'd be happy. If he was there every week, I'd be happy. Uh, both men would lock up and action would quick uh, pick up quickly. Both men would go back and forth, uh, exchanging maneuvers. Uh, Seidel would go for something off the top rope, but it wouldn't work out as planned. A bit of baby a, oil. Yeah, a little bit of a, of a slip baby. early on. It was, it was baby they, would, they would somewhat save it, and the announcers would call it an arm drag. Uh, it was a bit of a stretch, but I'll give it to them. Uh, <laughs> Seidel would hit a big double knee to the face on Cody outside of the ring. Uh, and this looked painful. I mean, Seidel would start nursing his knees for the rest of the match because he landed outside, uh, you know, uh, knees first. So that did not look like it worked out for either of them. Cody would gain control and go for the Texas Cloverleaf submission maneuver. Uh, back from commercial break, Cody would go for a moonsault, but Seidel would sidestep and go for a shooting star press. However, Cody, being the smart man that he is, would put his knees up for the reversal. Seidel would regain control after uh, and go for a lightning spiral, which was an insane-looking move. Uh, Cody would kick out, pop up, and hit a quick crossroads. He would then realize Seidel was too close to the ropes, so he would pick him up again and hit a second crossroads, because why not? After the match, Cody would be attacked by Luke Luther and Serpentico due to Cody accidentally hitting one of them uh, in the middle of the match. There was a quick spot there where Matt Seidel was up against a barricade. Cody went to swing on him. Uh, Seidel ducked, and he accidentally hit um, Sir, uh, Luther, and they were obviously mad about that. Seidel would ultimately get up and help Cody fight off Luther and Serpentico. They would knock down Serpentico, and then... Out of nowhere, Snoop Dogg would hit the top rope and do a frog splash and pin, quote-unquote, Serpentico with Cody playing referee. Actually, no, the referee four. played referee. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, one of the my favorite tweets, I forget who said it, but it was, who knew dogs could fly? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was, was on Cloud 9. Get it? Nice, nice. Get it. That was good. Nailed it. Um, as I said before, I, I, if Snoop Dogg was literally on AW every night, I'd be so happy. Uh, Jericho was on commentary, by the way, and he was mm -hmm. great. He was mm -hmm. he was fantastic. Um, I loved it in this match when Cody and him entered. He was like, oh, Snoop Dogg's made the jump to AEW, because obviously we've seen Snoop Dogg yeah. in WWE on more than one occasion. So that was funny. Jericho was really hyping that Dude, up. That's Snoop Dogg made the jump. No, he doesn't. Flying. Oh, I don't. Let's just keep it a little bit PG here. Yeah. He does not give a damn uh, about crazy. what they think about him. And it is in. He will. What we were talking about last week, Eric Rowan, Eric Rowan, it's Eric. Like he just kept saying, and that's not his name. That's his WWE name. And he's like, I don't care, Jim Ross. I don't care that he's Eric Redbeard. I'm going to call him Eric Rowan. And he just does everything that he's not supposed to do because he's Chris freaking Jericho. Mm -hmm. And he's going to shit on WWE when he chooses to. And yeah. Chris, I'm on board. Le train de la champion. I love it. Yeah, no, Jericho did not care whatsoever. Um, he also had a few spots where he was calling when they uh, when Cody had to pick up Matt Seidel to do the second crossroads because Matt was too close to the ropes. Uh, 
Jer- Jericho even was like, yeah, you got to pick him up to move him. Like I even knew that, like, you know, yeah. like, like, cause, cause I too, along with Jim Ross and Sh- Shivani and, and, uh, we were like, why did he do that? And he's like, well, because he had to do this. It's like, Oh, right. it's sorry, Jericho. Yeah. Um, Dylan, but- I bet y'all were real nervous. Cody hit the guy outside. Imagine I was right in saying someone would get involved. You know what, Dylan? I don't, I don't need your attitude. Hey, to be fair, to be fair, if you called that spot, you would have said the same thing. So no, uh, I'll give it to on. you, Dylan. I would have never shoved anything in your face, Noah. Yeah, I am, right. I am humble, yeah. humble. With that being said, <laughs> Mister Humbleness, uh, go ahead and take it away for some women's championship action. Oh, the best match of the night! Hold on, hold on, stop. Oh, uh-huh. Can we please look at the comment section and Papa Bard's comment of the extreme I, laughing I face, referring anything. to you being humble? Even Papa Bard is falling I, out of the chair. How is it coming on? I don't, I don't understand yeah. what's. How is yeah. this? How is he breaking through the system? I don't understand. Now you can get back to the script. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Shut up, Dad. You suck at Monopoly. Anyway, (laughs) uh, so Abaddon versus Hikaru Shida for the women's title. Uh, Match of the night. Am I right, Mr. Cross? Oh, yes. We loved every bit of it. (laughs) Don't roll your eyes at me. They can't see it, but I can see it. Yeah. Uh, Abaddon versus Hikaru Shida for the AEW women's title. Abaddon would attack Shida on the stage before the match could even start. Shida had a kendo stick ready just in case she needed it, but the uh, blow to Abaddon's head would not matter in the slightest. Shida would have control early using classic wrestling maneuvers, but Abaddon would use less conventional methods such as biting and choking. Mm-hmm. Abaddon would then drag Shida under the ring. The ref would try to get them out, but couldn't, and Abaddon would emerge with blood pouring from her mouth. Shida would crawl out, holding onto her neck, insinuating that she had been bitten on the neck once again. Abaddon would then tee off on Sheeta in the corner. Sheeta would try to claw her way back, covered in blood, using her conventional wrestling style. Sheeta then hit a superplex off the top rope, but Abaddon would no-sell it and hit a clothesline, which they called devastating. The match would end when Sheeta would surge suddenly, got the Daniel Bryan shaky powers, and -hmm. started surging uh, to hit a knee strike finishing maneuver for the three count. Out of absolutely nowhere Sheeta was not in control of this match abaddon was leading this match up to that point and then suddenly <sighs> running knee strike one two three match over Sheeta's your champion congratulations uh what an exciting way for this match to end noah i hate it tell me not to please um i'll say this I'm happy that Sheeta won. As you know, I'm a big Sheeta fan, and I'm not a big Abaddon fan. Uh, so I am happy that they didn't change the championship. Did anybody on the show last week besides me say Sheeta would win? I know I wasn't on, but I commented. I think Justin did. Okay. Um, fair enough. I know you and Dylan chose against uh, Sheeta. Always will. Even though I, you you said it, you said it. every time I go against Sheeta, she wins or whatever else. So mm-hmm. thank you again, Tyler, for keeping this alive for us. Um, <laughs> I, I am I'm a huge Sheeta fan. I think she's great. I wish they had uh, more people for her to wrestle. To be completely honest, like I, I want like a I need, like bring her up against the wrong people. Well, I, but I need like a Sasha Banks and Sheeta. Banks, okay, you know, right. Jesus. Like I'm going top tier. Okay, Listen, doggy dog might be the teaser to that. Maybe we'll get Sasha Banks over here eventually. I'm going top tier. Can I correct myself? I said top tier women's wrestler. I just top tier wrestler. I need like a Sasha Banks Bailey. All right. Like I I don't care who it is. They are top freaking tier. That's who I need that caliber of a star in the ring with Sheeta. Uh, We just don't have that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they can do. Uh, But I will say, like I said, I'm happy 
<laughs> Dylan picked Avadon for the meme. Well, thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> I'm happy that she won. Britt Baker, she, absolutely. I don't honestly, I don't know why she hasn't been in, in, in a bigger championship picture. There's got to be a reason. There's definitely yeah. re there's no there's no reason that we know of that she's not in the title frame. Maybe they're there's just saving it. But yeah, bigger moment. Maybe they're just bigger saving it. Yep. They're just waiting. Maybe they're oh. all out or something like that. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. Um, but like I said, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a good match. Uh, oof, that didn't age well. All right. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I'm happy. I'm happy. Sheeta won. It wasn't the greatest of matches, and that was simply because, as I said it before, I'm not a fan of the hokey biting and the crawling under the ring with Sheeta and Sheeta coming out holding her neck with. And she's bleeding from the neck. It, right. It's like what, that's not wrestling. I'm like, come on, and that's not even doesn't even have anything with suspension or disbelief. Like Abaddon was just this character who was so insane that you couldn't keep her down. Then I would be like, cool, that's a gimmick. Right. But the biting, like what? Yeah, it's stupid. Like that's like what are you doing? Wrestle. Like Settle I get that you're creepy, but wrestle. Um, and that would bring us into. Oh, can I just say though? Sorry, yeah, back up really quick. I laughed when Sheeta won because I cannot believe this all this build up with Abaddon. Is she just gonna be gone now? Are we just done? Is that it? Is Abaddon done now? Is it, that's it? That's all you got. Sorry, you got a month of TV time. See you later. I don't I don't think she's close to I I, I don't think it's gonna matter. I think they're just gonna continue. I don't know what Back they're gonna to dark with you. Back to the pit of misery. Dilly dilly. I don't know what they're gonna do. Dilly dilly. I don't know what they're gonna do to Football. keep Sheeta. I'm sorry to keep Abaddon in this picture with Sheeta because again she just lost like and it wasn't right. even like it was like a a long grueling match and Abaddon got everything and the kitchen sink thrown at her like no like it was a wrestling match Sheeta wrestled Abaddon went nuts and she still lost so it's like Abaddon you are officially dismissed um, we you're off of this title picture in my opinion I if you didn't win it here I don't want to see that strap around your shoulder ever um, yeah, this so. I, I'm this gimmick's officially tired if they if they can't commit to it. Right off the bat, they shouldn't commit to it down the road because now I don't believe it. Now I don't believe that she can beat anyone. She beat Sheeta, who, I mean, better competitors have lost to Sheeta than her. So why would I believe that she's going to do it? But yeah, whatever. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But that led us into, uh, if you ask me, I think one of the greatest main events in AEW history. Yeah, it was up there. This it, it, Literally, I said it last week. I've said it the week before that. I said it the week before that. This year, they are putting all of their cards on the table right in the beginning of the year. Let's spread them out a little bit, boys. Yeah. Uh, we got to see Kenny Omega take on Ray Phoenix for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And I'm just going to start off right there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Big I mean, round uh, of absolute applause. applause. Good Lord. Uh, both men would begin the match by soaking up the crowd's emotion and excitement. As I, me on my couch watching the freaking replay of it. I was like marking out to know to, yeah. to like the utmost extent. Uh, um, they would trade maneuvers going back and Kenny would gain the edge with a stomp to his opponent's knee. Kenny would spike Ray Phoenix's head into the mat with the Hurricane Rana. Uh, Ray would follow up with one of his own. They would spill onto the floor with Ray hopping over the top rope and hitting an impressive Hurricane Rana on Kenny Omega. As you know, uh, those of you who know Ray Phoenix, this got rated 525 by day. I was going to give it that. Damn. Well, I was going to give it more than that because I'm a mark. But okay, we'll get to that later. Um, sorry about that, folks. 
Uh, back in the ring, both men would deliver back and forth knife edge chops, which looked painful. Swelling on the chest quickly followed. Uh, Phoenix would spill onto the floor, and Omega would follow and toss Ray into every object he could see outside the ring. Phoenix would show his agility, hopping over the barricade, looking for a cutter, but Omega would reverse into a snapdragon suplex outside the ring onto the floor. Kenny would pick up Phoenix and slam his spine into the apron and then into the guardrail. That did not look like it was enjoyable. Uh, Kenny would toss Ray back into the ring and, and go further for a pin and go for a pin, but would only result in a two count. Kenny would then um, target the back of his opponent with a combo of backbreakers. Ray would gain momentum and hit a heat-seeking missile, uh, then a huge athletic drop kick for a double springboard. Omega would roll out of the ring, and Ray would then sprint across the ring and hit a stiff tuck-and-roll suicide dive. Uh, Tony Schiavone called it some name that I could not even begin to pronounce or spell. So if you watch it back and want to hear what that's actually called, you should do so because it was amazing. Ray would hit a huge springboard German suplex, uh, folding Kenny in two, driving Kenny's head into the mat for a two count. He would then follow up with a diving foot stomp to the back of Kenny's neck. Back from commercial break, Kenny would rock Ray with a V-trigger, but would meet Kenny with a stiff kick of his own. And this was uh, Ray just completely no-selling the V-trigger. It was an insane spot. Ray would go for a springboard tornado, but Kenny uh, met him with a knee to the face, a massive powerbomb followed, and then a V-trigger for a two-and-a-half count. That was a spot there that I was like, this is over. Because uh, he rocked Ray's world with, with those three moves right there. Uh, Omega would rock Ray with a third V-trigger, then attempted uh, the one-winged an angel, but Ray would reverse it. Ray went for a dive into the ring onto Kenny, uh, but Callus would provide a distraction, helping Kenny come to and realize what was going on. Ray would capitalize uh, and sting Kenny with a cutter for a two count, uh, then would follow that up with a fire thunder driver for a close two count, which that right there, I was like, at that point, I, I stopped. I usually put the computer next to me whenever I have to write the script for the show. Tyler usually does it for the show, and I usually do it for baseball. Um, and I usually type as the match is going on. At that point, I didn't even care what else was happening in the world. Like, I was yeah. so sucked into this match. The computer went to the side, and I was glued to the TV because it got insane at this point. Uh, Ray looked for a frog splash, but by the way, this bullet point here is not going to do justice as to how nuts this spot was. So, I'm and the frog it. splash too was not just any frog splash. No, this was an Eddie Guerrero esque yes. frog splash. Like the the, the emotion in this match was oh, this this match could have made event at WrestleMania. Like not 100%. even a question. Um, Ray looked for a frog splash, but Kenny put his uh, put up his knees and went for an avalanche fisherman's buster. Ray would reverse that, and Kenny would hit him would catch him mid air. Upside down. He caught Ray upside down and then hit a tiger driver and then a V-trigger for another two count. That Again, that spot does not do justice as to how absolutely insane that spot was. And it I just beg looked you to, crazier. Like, you have nuts. to watch this match. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that, that spot. Uh, Kenny would quickly hit a one-winged angel following that for a three mm -hmm. count. And all I put here was, good Lord, what a match. So Kenny retained the AW World Championship. Uh, oh, insanity, Noah. Like before we yeah. get to the next segment, mm. uh, which you are about to bring up, I just want to bring up what uh, Dylan said here that it got a five and a quarter star rating from Meltzer. Um, so let me just read a quote here. It says Kenny Omega retained the AEW title over Ray Phoenix in 17 minutes of a five star match. My thought on this is this is from Dave Meltzer, by the way. 
My thought mm-hmm. is that this was the best match in Dynamite history, beating out Omega versus Pac and Nick Jackson versus Ray Fenix. This is the this match is only the second match in Dynamite history to earn the illustrious five star rating from Dave Meltzer. The first being the parking lot brawl between Proud and Powerful and the Best Friends back in September. Um, yeah, absolutely deserves five stars. Mm-hmm. And I think they said I, I don't see anything about the five and a quarter. I must have missed that. But if he did get five and a quarter to these guys, holy crap. That is insanity, and I think they fully deserved it. That was oh, absolutely one of, one of the greatest matches I've seen on on TV. Never mind pay per view on TV. This is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Definitely, and I'll say this: um, for, uh, I know there's a couple people, a few of my friends, Uncle Anthony being one of them. He, he sometimes doesn't watch AEW, and he'll just listen to the show to get the scoop on what's happened, and then watch the pay per view when it comes around. Um, watch this match. If if you watch nothing else from this night, watch this match. It was so good; you won't regret it. Um, as we said, there was a bit of a segment that happened afterwards as Callus would direct our attention to the Jumbotron as we would see uh, Eddie Kingston and his goons, as Jim Ross would describe it, taking out Pac and Penta at some somewhere behind the arena or backstage. Kenny would call for another one-winged angel when John Moxley would come out with a barbed wire baseball bat and hit Kenny. Ouch. Uh, Mox was going to tee off on Kenny and then... Out of nowhere, Gallows and Anderson came in and took out John Moxley. Oh my lord. <laughs> Baby, it's happening. Let it begin, Noah. Yes, it was great. Um, it is upon us. They would pick up Moxley and they would hit a magic killer. Then they would stop Mox to pieces. Wrestler after wrestler were attempt to jump the barricade. As you know, the first few rows there are taken up by actual AEW superstars. They would jump the barricade yeah, in order and attempt, yeah, to read day in order to uh, help Mox out. But the trio would clean house of the entire AEW roster. Gallows and Anderson would hold Mox up for Kenny, and they would tee off on him with the bat that Mox brought out himself. The Bucks would run out and try to make peace. Then it seemed they were going to join forces with Kenny Anderson and Gallows. Confused, the announcers were kind of saying, like, wait a minute, what are the Bucks doing? They weren't understanding what was going on. And then out of nowhere, Matt and Nick Jackson would join in the two suite, signifying their allegiance with the AEW champion and their new faction as the show went off the air. Wow. Okay. So there you have it, folks. Uh, it seems the elite is back together. Uh, and they're coming at us with a force. You see the gold around all of their waists, uh, obviously led by that man in the middle, Kenny Omega, as you, if you see on your screen for our uh, virtual watchers here. Um, unreal evening, unreal match at the end, main event, unreal segment at the end to go off the air. Dylan said this became his favorite moment on Dynamite. I agree, Dylan. And this to me, that this is how you end a freaking show. Um uh, I'm gonna say it now that we're to this point, and I said at the beginning I was gonna I was gonna save it for this moment. I am. Uh, this might have this might have been my favorite episode of Dynamite ever. It's up there. Ever. It is not my favorite, but it is it is up there because it had one of the greatest matches AEW has ever seen. My mm-hmm. favorite is probably the Brody Lee tribute. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed that episode. I will take I will that I will take an exception to that. That to me is on, on another in another league. 
All right. Uh, so if we're just going based off of things that aren't tribute episodes, then yes, this is probably the greatest episode, if yeah. not the episode where Brody Lee defeated Cody Rhodes because of the absolute that shock value good. that that delivered. That was good. Yeah. Um, so that those two I would put up towards the top. Um, mm. But yeah. Uh, oh, oh, my God. Can I just say so I didn't get to watch this live. I was very consumed with the chaos um, that was happening at the at the Capitol. Uh, but mm. it did happen to uh, still get some pretty decent ratings uh, for a, a night where there was craziness going on. So they did they did decent, uh, but nowhere near what they did last week. Um, oh, yeah. but, oh, boy, I got so I got the this notification that this had happened. And I'm like, oh, hold on. I'm in bed. I'm not going to be. I'm waking up. I'm going to my <laughs> TV. I need to see this. Wow. Uh, insanity. Like, just look at this picture. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. And with, with I just say this in the wrestling world with some of the contracts that are ending or going to be ending soon. I've been talking about it for the last, however long we've been on this show about the elite being in Japan, all the guys who have been a part of the bullet club. I'm telling you right now with this happening here, we're going to see some of those guys who are from WWE come over to AEW and join this faction. They are going to be unstoppable. And I think maybe, It'll take the inner circle uh, getting their heads together to be the ones to uh, defeat these guys. Mm, I like it. I, I mean, I'd love to see it. Uh, so as we always do at the end of an episode here, uh, being the market wrestling fans that we are, what is your rating out of five? Four and a half. Four and a half. Uh, the uh, women's match ruined this night for me. Um, otherwise, it probably would have been closer to a five, uh, but I'll give it a four and a half. I will give this... Um, night i'm gonna give it a solid five uh, uh really? to me uh, the women's match slowed things down as i said i was happy sheet on one so i didn't think it was an absolute waste or an absolute like thing i didn't enjoy i, I um, would have gone the other way if abaddon won i would have i would have probably given it a five star yeah i mean the shock the shock value would have done it right uh I, but i like i like sheet enough so personally i'd give it a five if i were to take my personal heart out of this i'd, I'd agree with you on the four and a half um, but to me, if you ask me, this is my favorite show ever. So if it's not, um, if I'm going to say that it has to be a five. Exactly. Dylan. Yes, that is that what is, we'll just, that is we'll what just I was doing. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'd give it a five hands down. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for me is Dylan, we give the show a five. Yeah, it was a great show. I think the progression was perfect. They started real hot with the tag match. Uh, the battle of the beast as I'll call it between Hager Women's and Wardlow. Women's if women's was second, this match I would it was a championship match though. So they, they kind of had a co-main event. Yeah, sure. Um Wardlow and Hager, they they brought the pace down, but they finished strong with that match. The way in was cool to see. It was a little gimmicky, but it was all right. Um uh, Matt Sidell and Cody had that fun spot, also a little gimmicky with Snoop Dogg, but Cody we got to see Cody at least. Match, That's, yeah, you got to see Star Power. That was your mid-main event in the middle of the show. Uh, Abaddon and Sheeta, you got the women's action there. Uh, Sheeta, I mean, it was a shock to see Sheeta beat Abaddon. I mean, people weren't expecting Abaddon to just lose like that. And then the main event was the second five-star match in AW history. So right. that leads us into next week where we'll get to see the election, the uh, wow, the elite in action. Yeah, the elite in action. Not sure what that means, but we'll get to see what happens. Uh, I'm wondering also, what that means. By the way, is it is that just? going to be Kenny and the Bucks or are, are Anderson and Gallo going to show up again? I'm um, assuming it's just Kenny and the Bucks. I don't know. Maybe we'll see another eight tag. We'll see the Bucks and and, and uh, Gallows and Anderson take on a, a team of eight. 
um, our team of four, I mean, of their own. Who knows? So could be. Uh, and then Kenny will just be there. I don't, I don't know if Kenny will wrestle next week. I don't see that happening, to be honest. Yeah, after this match, oof. yeah, no way. He he's he's too. I don't, I don't see it. But I will say though, this will give us a few answers on to who they're considering to be in the elite. Because whoever right, walks yeah. through the curtain, that's the group. So already uh, walk fucking car. Oh god. Oh lord. We'll get to see <laughs> Pac versus Eddie Kingston. That'll be awesome. Uh, we'll get to see FTR take on Jurassic Express. Love to see Jurassic Express back on TV again. Marco! Hell yeah. We'll get some NWA Women's Championship action as Serena Deeb will challenge Taya Conti. Uh, I'm sorry. So Taya Conti will challenge Serena Deeb. That'll be exciting. Tyler loves you, Taya Conti. I love Taya. Uh, there will be a segment here with a Cody Rhodes on the waiting room with the amazing Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, so I'm not sure what that's going to bring, but we'll see. This to me is going to be funny. I put an LOL in the script next to it. The inner circle will announce their New Year's resolutions. Uh, I imagine it's going to be more of the same of we just need to get along. Right. Miro will take on Chuck Taylor in a bout as we've been seeing this feud kind of boil over over the last few weeks. And then the main event, I imagine, will be Darby Allen versus Brian Cage for the TNT Championship. Tyler, who's winning this main event? Oh, main event? Uh, Brian Cage wins. Now, Darby Allen, with the help of Sting, uh, I think we'll just keep it simple there to right. end the show. Uh, so that was the last episode of AEW Dynamite. That was a preview for next week's, next Wednesday's episode. Excited for that main event for sure. I'm pumped for that match. So Yeah, me too. With that being said, if you love podcasts, make sure you visit clovercrestmedia.com for a wide selection of great shows uh, covering sports, business relationships, pop culture, politics, and true crimes. There are over 28 shows on the hashtag CMG Network. And if you don't find one you like, you can start one of your own. We can help you launch your podcast for as little as $15 a month. Clovercrestmedia.com is the website to visit. Make sure you check it out and tell your friends all about it. You can visit clovercrestmedia.com and click on the link for the latest on your favorite CMG Sports podcasts, as well as blogs, videos, and latest information. With that being said, I'm Noah Cross. That's Tyler Bard. We'll see you on the next episode of Crossum Wrestling Entertainment. Thanks. Too sweet, baby! Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast.